If I haven't had a chance to meet you yet, I'm Larry, and uh, I'm pleased to be uh, the chaplain. And if you need somebody to chat with or pray with uh, this weekend, I would sure be honored uh, to do that. I'm going to pull an old school youth minister trick and just start reading the Bible and see if people quiet. So uh, it is a wonderful little uh, pair of verses from Romans 8, chapter 31. Uh, Romans chapter 8, verses 31 and 32. Hear the word of the Lord. What then shall we say in response to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not also along with him graciously give us all things? So I'm a big fan of short stories which as you might imagine makes me super popular at parties. Um, and uh, yeah, and so uh, I'm, I'm a big fan of the late Irish uh, short story master, William Trevor. And uh, he uh, wrote this story called The Piano Teacher's Pupil. And uh, in this story, the piano teacher uh, has lived long enough to experience the deep disappointments that life has to offer. She's in her early 50s, <clears throat> slender spoken, Trevor says, a quiet beauty, and she finds herself completely unprepared for her new pupil, which is this prodigious boy with his prep school navy blazer, and he plays the Brahms piece that she has selected for him with a genius that she has never experienced before in all her years of giving lessons. Most of the time, her expertise has almost been wasted on kids without talent or interest, but, but within this boy, Trevor writes, there were symphonies unwritten. Still, there was something a little, shall we say, disconcerting about the boy. You see, every time he leaves the piano teacher's home, he surreptitiously pockets one of the little treasures that she's collected throughout the years. One time it's a porcelain swan, one time it's an earring, one time it's a scarf or a rose petal paperweight. One time, it's a couple of toy soldiers. And the boy was a good thief. She said she didn't even know how he did it. Now, you would think that the piano teacher would be furious at her stolen property. But instead, it feels more like a pattern in her life. For example, she had known love over a 16-year affair with a married man who she thought would one day leave his wife for her. But he didn't. Still, she had borne her lover no ill will. After all, she says, there was the memory of happiness during that affair. Also, she'd grown up with a widowed father who was a chocolatier. And every night her dad would bring home another kind of chocolate he had invented for her. But now, looking back, she had begun to wonder if her father's chocolates had been a way of just keeping his adult daughter at home to care for dad all those years. The chocolates became, in William Trevor's words, a selfishness dressed up. As the, as the piano teacher looks back on her life, she makes peace with the fact that her lonely father had been a calculating man and that her beloved lover had belittled love. She makes peace also with her prodigious pupil, the kleptomaniac. And get this, in her mind, a kind of balance had been struck. And in her mind, it was enough. Now, I'm sure I've ruin the story for you, but perhaps if you go back and read it, you too will be struck by the same melancholy that struck me. Because here was a woman 
who made her peace with something tragic. She made her peace with the fact that life is a series of trade-offs, that love is hopelessly laced with self-interest, and that if you want some surprises in life, pretty chocolates, furtive kisses, a flawless rendering of Brahms and Chopin, you've gotta be prepared for precious things to be stolen silently right out from under you. You've got to get used to a balance being struck. So then, mockingbird friends, what are we to make of those breathtaking lines from Romans 8 that I read to you at the beginning? What are we to make of a God who is for us? Not for what he can pilfer from us, but who is simply for us. What are we to make of a God who is so for us that he did not withhold from us the most costly gift? What if life with this God is not a series of trade-offs, a handful of chocolates to trick us into squandering our lives away? What if this is a God who, in Christ, is determined to give us, in Paul's words, to graciously give us all things. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, in Jesus Christ, you have graciously given us all things. No trade-offs, no bartering. May we experience your generosity today, your bounty today, as we listen, as we sing, as we pray, as we discuss, as we laugh, and as we eat. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.